Hello and welcome to episode 222 of Three Bears in a Movie. I am Richard Laird and I'm with... Colin Mackay. Hello. Hello, Colin. Hi, Colin. Episode 222, 222, all the twos, three One third of the way to Satan. Oh, you bold. Yeah, that's not as nice a way of looking at it as my, like, kind of, three little ducks, but okay. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, we're, we're a third of the way to Satan. I don't think we'll ever get to... We, we can't get to 666. Surely something in the world will happen that will stop us doing another 444 of these things. I don't... Do you think so? Or on that, on the, the very last one, that's when it'll go fucking roll Emmerich and it'll just, like, end the world before you get to finish? That's... <laughs> that's that's what it'll be. If I end, if the world ends around Emmerich kind of way, I'm actually okay with that. I'm actually quite excited with the idea of that. Are you could be going big like the moon crash. I am, I am all for or... all for moonfall. I saw the trailer for it last night, and I am like every second I see, I'm more and more in for it. I don't know. I always think with Emmerich, it's like it goes so big with a disaster. But they they always manage to avert it. You're like, you can't really avert shit like that. You know well, you can't because this one the moon's hollow and it's been piloted by someone, so you can always like sort of reverse oh, the moon. <laughs> of course, right? Okay. So well, the rock will jump on. He'll yes. Launch his car into space. He'll jump on the moon and yeah. Okay. I'm calling it. It's going to be the film of 2022. Anyway, oh, um, we are, we're once again doing this by <laughs> Zoom. Um, are you drinking anything of interest? I have to know you are. So we tell me what you're drinking. I'm drinking a beer called uh, Celebrator. And yes. it's a German beer um, from the Eyinger Brewery, brewery I believe. Um, and it's got like a kind of two satanic goats fighting over a, bo- a, a bottle on it, which, um, I don't know, well, you know, just if I don't report back in next week, probably. You can always taste like, it. Does it taste nice? Oh, um, I've, I've, actually, I've tried right now. Very hoppy. Dark very hoppy. hoppy. Very dark hoppy tasting, like um, like San Miguel, but kind of darker and dirtier, almost. Oh, right, okay. Kind of like some of the stuff you buy, like almost like a, a red ale type thing, almost something oh, like that. Yeah, actually, not not too dissimilar, yeah, but that, the, the hops just really is, is dominant on it. I think I'm a so bit of a wuss that German beer really has a way of getting to my head. Like, it really makes me really, like, like, like the drunkest I've ever been is on being on German beer. And I feel really? like it's, yeah, like, that's like, when we went to West, the worst angles I have in my life are based on, like West beer, and it's all done in the, like, the sort of the German style. So something about German beer that really hits me that in in the right way, and also very very wrong way. Which is weird though, because Germans are kind of they're bound to like these brewing standards, aren't they? Where it's like they, they can't add in anything other yeah. than like, these kind of five ingredients or something. So that that's really weird because you think we've been quite kind of purist that they would agree with you and not no. change off your head. And no, I like that, it, that's... but it's like I just always know the hangover I get from German beer is like the worst hangovers. Wow, well, well, yeah, I get I get it from um, darker beers. Yeah, definitely. That's where yeah. that's where I like things like Sol and things like that because they are they, you know the lighter the beer that they kind of less affected them by um, yes. which is weird as well. But yeah. Yeah, I get it. Um, what are you drinking? I'm drinking one called, it's American Classic Kentucky Common Ale, uh, which sounds very American, but it's actually from the Greengate Brewery in Middleton Junction in Manchester. Um, but it does look, I showed you the can, it looks very much like something you should be drinking while sitting on like a, a battered couch on your front lawn yeah, with a shotgun in hand. A very American can, like kind of red Coca-Cola looking almost. Yes. It, it really, you'd almost think it was... A kind of fizzy juice. It does look a bit like it could be like a like, um, cream soda almost. It feels yeah, like kind of that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, it's a cool looking wee can. I'm very, very. It's very nice. It's it's um got a wee, a wee twang to it, but um you could definitely drink it quite. You could definitely drink it quite a fair bit during the day. It, it's not like it's yeah. really overpowering. Um, yeah. It's quite light. Feel it's only four point two percent. But yeah, no, it's really oh. nice actually. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, one of those things I've got in a little my my wanky beer box. 
So I'll probably never be able to find this again, which is a real problem. So it's, you know, it's a problem. You always get one B like you go, well, I won't be able to find that one again. So yeah, we'll enjoy this one can of it I have. Well, if I ever see it, I'll keep some by for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, it's um, it's tasty. I'm, 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 I'm good for it, especially on a Thursday night. You don't want anything too ridiculous on a Thursday night. No, oh, I'm not working tomorrow. I don't care. You can do what you want. You can, you can. I can, I can do whatever I fucking want tonight. Yeah. Um. Oh, well, anyway, let's begin. So <laughs> we won't be spending too much time on the non-cinema viewings because I know you've um. We've got quite a lot to talk about tonight. So, anything of real interest in the, in the non-cinema viewings you've watched, of like sort of that's jumped out at you? No, I've just been doing more of the same this week. Um, a few episodes of Frasier, a few episodes of Friends, and we've, we've we're rewatching um, at Lorraine's request only Murders in the Building again. Okay. So we're, we're kind of almost at the end of rewatching that as well. Um, does it hold up so second time around? It does actually. Yeah, I, I'm quite enjoying watching it because the last time it was weekly, we were watching it episodic, mm. whereas now it's all there. So I think we've went through seven in the past two days. All right, okay. Um, it kind of suits quite a fast pace as well. Do you know what I mean? Because ah. it's always kind of each one's quite kind of moving. Do you know what I mean? To yeah. the next one, so it kind of suits that. Um, out with that, um, guilty pleasures. I kind of stuck on the old Infinity War um, the other day and uh, Avengers Assemble last night as well. So I'm kind of comfort viewing as well. Nice. I mean, Ave- Ave- that's a long ass film to watch it, like sort of. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, get, I, know, I know. I've just, because I'm not working, I've been sitting up late burning them in the oil. So I've just been kind of comfort viewing. Do you know what I mean? Just bother yeah. them in the background and. You don't need to think about it. I mean, you've seen them that often that you just kind of, you know, they're on and then you enjoy it, but you don't need to give it all your attention. So, yeah, but I've been enjoying them as well. Yeah, But that's really it um, for my, my non-cinematic ventures this week. Not I always throw one in that I've watched Not in the Cinema, which is a documentary. It's, I got it on Rakuten, but you can get it, I think, on Amazon Prime, and it's called The Sparks Brothers. I text you about it because I thought you might know who the band were. Mm. Um, I watched it mainly because it's done by Edgar Wright. Um, he's a piece of ah, director right, of that, This has been billed as quite possibly the greatest music documentary ever made. I wouldn't say it's quite that, but it's, it's very well done. It's very, it's, mm. it's quite like a right style. It's quite like a right poise. It's sort of attention to details, definitely. And now the Sparks Brothers were a, they're a band who are still going, I think, on something like their 25th or 26th album. Um, they've had like one major hit, which was This Town Ain't Big Enough for the Both of Us. Is that a kind of operatic one? Yeah. Almost. So it's two I brothers. Know, and I, the, I know one of the brothers song, looks yeah. really sort of really, really sort of cool and suave. And another brother looks, when he, in his prime, he looked like he had the Hitler moustache and stuff like that. Oh. oh I am right, sure you that's... must have known this band. This feels like a band. I don't know if you've been into them, but you must have been aware of them. I'll maybe know the song if I was to hear yeah. it. I'll maybe know that. But yeah, when you text him the other day, which was out of blue and totally random, I was like... <laughs> What? Um, but no, I've not not heard. Ask Lorraine as well. She says she may have heard them, but she's not sure. Yeah, um, I think well, they're, they're pitched as the band who are the most influential, underwhelmed, underknown, but biggest band ever known. So it's kind of like a bit like the Devil Underground. Everyone yeah. who likes them is inspired to make their own band. You know, so they've got really influential, like sort of like people who love them. So there's like a lot of bands who are sort of inspired by them. Yeah. Um, and the, the cast of characters they had on like the documentary, everyone from like Pat and Oswald through to Flea was on it as well. And like you had guys like that, you know, so it was a real, Neil Gaiman was on it and stuff like that. So a real a real sort of interesting scope of people who are fans of this band and, and what they are. So it's just it's a bit like Adam, it made me a little bit like Anvil. Remember the Anvil documentary? Metal yeah. band who were like sort of like had done like something like oh, I, know, I know the band you mean, yeah, yeah. So idea of, like they're really they do seem to be really only doing this for themselves and any sort of 
success they have is purely coincidental, you know, if they actually sell any albums because they don't really seem to give a shit. They seem like we're doing we're on a journey to do something of in, that interests us, and sometimes we'll go completely against what everyone tells us. This is what you need to do in order to make to, to make it, and they go, yeah, we, we're going to do this instead, and it's like that's not going to work. We don't care. This is this is what we feel that we're doing. This is what we're doing. Sometimes at least from what it seems like they're at least like ten years ahead of, or maybe maybe like ten, maybe like even like four or five years ahead of where they should be. So yeah. like before you had all the bands like um, New Order and Human League and like um, Pet Shop Boys and stuff like that who were using that sort of yeah, electronic pop, yeah, they were yeah. doing it, but no one really knew what the fuck it was. So like oh. they're almost like they're, they're in the wrong. There's a little bit either a little bit ahead of the times or a little bit behind the times. It's really hard to judge what the fuck's going on in them sometimes. But what, what they're doing. They're two really interesting guys. They come from California, but you would swear everyone thinks they're British because they have that kind of weird. Kind of, they're always they're bigger here than in America as well. Um, it's a really interesting documentary about a band that you don't really know about but you probably kind of roughly know the songs or a couple of what at least one song but you find that I found them thoroughly entertaining and I like the idea of just, they're just doing it for themselves they just seem to like but just for the pleasure of doing it and not to be world famous and dominate the oh, and but they've done, like, like, yeah. they've done a whole like world tour with, like, stadium tour with like Franz Ferdinand at one point like sort of they've done like a, a joint band at one point well. um, Franz Ferdinand was sort of not quite the height of success but definitely still a, a name brand at that time and they done like hmm. they're called FFS you know, Franz Ferdinand Sparks, it was like sort of a joint collaboration and it toured That's and everything. Nuts, man. Uh-huh. Like, and it, I didn't know about this. It's, this it's, it's really interesting. And it's just, again, to see some people do something just for the sake of doing it and just because they love it is really is nice. Um, and also, they, they seem to enjoy the mystique of who they are because, like, no one really knows that much about them. Two guys who just occasionally appear, do an album, and then disappear and come back again. So, so are they, are they, are they chasing fame, or is that just no, not on their it, does, it certainly does not feel like that. It feels like they're simply yeah. doing it for themselves. If anything, like I said, if anything happens that brings them fame or any sort of, um, sort of success, it's yeah. purely coincidental. Like, there's a film out this year um, with Adam Driver and Marianne Cotillard. Um, it's sort of a rock opera type thing that they've it's entirely scored by them. Oh right, okay. Yeah. Cool. So um, yeah, it's it's just sort of just it's worth a. I kind of actually prefer music documentaries when I know very little about the bands. Something you know, yeah. things like a I learn something and b I don't feel like oh shit, I already know this. I don't really need to watch it. I actually feel mm-hmm. like I've learned. I, I don't know if I'm a big fan of music. I'm not. I'm not totally loving the music even after watching the documentary. But yeah. I'm certainly a fan of them as people. Like I, I enjoy who they are and what their ethos. Are they on like social media and stuff like that? No, or... I don't. I don't think so. No, yeah. <laughs> no, they don't see like guys. Just a band. If you know who they are, then you're in the club. If you don't, you're not. That kinda, yeah, kinda. Yeah, I like, I like that. No, that. That's cool. Yeah, I do like that when people hit you with some random shit and then you realise it's a whole kind of underground cult uh-huh. thing, do you know what I mean? And you're like, fuck, I didn't realise this. Yeah, but no, it's really worth, worth a watch. You can chance to find it. I think it's definitely on uh, Rakuten. Um, right. I think it'll probably be available for rent on Amazon and things like that. But it's really well, it's a really well done documentary. Like Edgar Wright is a consummate filmmaker who knows what he's doing. Yeah. Um, and even there's little kind of silly touches in that, that made me laugh. But no, I remember reading reviews about this and that there were a few that I read. That more than just one that said that this is like the greatest music documentary ever, ever, ever found. It's just fucking, people seem to be really, really blown away by it. So, yeah, like I, yeah, I, I found it, I found it very, I only watched it because it's Edgar Wright. That's what really brought me to the, the to watch mm. it, but found it very entertaining. So it's called The Sparks Brothers um, and it's definitely worth watching if you get a chance to find it. So it's really well done. Ten, what would you give it? Probably give it an eight or nine out of ten. Really, it's, well, it's, it's, it's probably kicking like on the door of my top ten for this year in terms of just sheer enjoyment of watching. I did not expect to know to, to get anything from. 
but found it absolutely enthralling and, and like sort of I got into it very quickly and really enjoyed what it was bringing forward. You know, what? I'm going to try and watch this because it's it's all about music as well. So uh-huh. I'm down there. I'm going. I'll try and find it and see if I can I can check it out. I will look out for it, sir, and and I will watch that. Wait, wait. Can you interest? Yes, I, I know you're not, yeah. not a documentary man, but yeah, you should like this one. So you went to Cinema and see a few things we talked about last week. So we'll start mm. with what did you think of last night in Soho? Um, oh, I. I, I mostly enjoyed it. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the kind of Cockney culture, like kind of London films. Um, yep. I, I kind of never, never really have been like kind of guy that changed stuff for that. I've never been kind of smitten by the whole London films, and I kind of got a bit of this from that. I was starting to get a bit kind of antsy, you know, where like, I just I don't don't care about, you know. London There's a couple of very London-centric enough. jokes in it that I think will only make sense. If the, the two moments of real comedy in it were sort of two very London-centric jokes. Possibly, yeah. I mean, I didn't get any. Do you know what I mean? But overall, yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't... I don't know if I liked the lead character, Thomasine McKenzie. Uh, you know, I liked her a lot. Um, I don't know. I think she just seemed to have two or three reactions to everything. Do you know what I mean? She, she, maybe it's just she's young or... The character's meant to be that kind of naive and innocent, do you know what I mean, mm. as well. But I don't know, she just seemed limited in, you know, emoting. What, what was, you know, the kind of feelings that didn't emote very well, maybe. What about Anna Joy? She was fine. She 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 wasn't in it a lot, actually. She no, she, she's, she's, def- she, she's definitely a supporting character. And even though the posters never sort of promote her as a main actress, she's definitely, no, she, she, she's definitely not, supporting. Yeah. Uh, Matt Smith. Don't know. I still find it hard to take him seriously. I think he's got a funny face. And he just, has got a funny face, yeah. Makes me chuckle um, yeah. <laughs> whenever I see him. And Terence Stamp was was good in it as well. Um, again, a wee bit of a kind of twisty moment for him and stuff like that. But it's always nice seeing him. But no, I, I didn't dislike it. I just, I think I just get annoyed with the, the whole kind of London Cockney nonsense. Um, mm. I think it's just something I've no no interest in. It's a culture that I just don't. It's very much a love letter to. Um... To, oh to yeah, yeah. I mean, you can see that the detail that went in is amazing. Mm. You can see that the, the work in there is, is, you know, second to none. And every shot you can see is purposeful. I mean, there, yeah. there's not much wasted space in the film at all, mm. which is good. Um, the twist at the end was about I don't know. It just kind of falls off a wee bit towards the third. So, act. I mean, I'm saying the third yeah. act does seem a little bit like it's it feels like it's out of place in the film. Yeah, yeah. Aye, it, it's kind of a different tone. Even yes. It kind of shifts the tone and that, that doesn't quite work. So Matt Smith didn't impress me overall. Um, Anna Taylor-Joy impressed me. Thomas and Mackenzie, I wasn't overly enamoured by. Overall, I mean, I mean, it wasn't awful. I'd probably give it maybe a kind of five or a six out of ten. Oof, that's harsh. I give it seven and a half. Uh, that's okay, man. That, that's okay. Um, you, you kind of, I think you get Edgar Wright possibly more than me, maybe, um, especially from a kind of film point of view as well. Yeah. Whereas I'm just there for the kind of spectacle, but it wasn't it wasn't bad at all. Um, wasn't really scary at all. There wasn't anything that that. that I, I think it was a little bit un. It was a little bit less creepy. Yeah, um, the the, the ghost effects the, the the were kind of weird. Um, I think they, they looked kind of weird at first. Like when you seen the ghost, and then later on when you kind of seen them for longer, you seen what they were doing, and it, mm. I don't know, it was just like that's. Um, Bit cheap looking, but Aye. maybe I don't know. Maybe maybe it was. Maybe I don't know. It's obviously got his ideas. He said, but a bad yeah, film. yeah, no, no, not not a bad film. Um, and it's yeah, it's like you were saying last week. It is it is mature for 
for right, do you know what I mean? Yes. So you can see that that you know he's kind of stripping back in the, the, the kind of nonsense, and you know it's it's very kind of streamlined like that. It doesn't overstate its welcome at all. It didn't feel laboured. No, um, just that for that was just a bit mental. I think um, I think it, I think just, it takes a twist in the third act. It doesn't really fit the rest of the film too much, and yeah. I thought that felt out of place. Yeah, and I'm just not entirely convinced by the lead. That, that That's all. But out of that, 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 yeah, it was enjoyable. Enjoyable for the cinema time. Um, off the yeah. top of that, you went and seen a film I didn't see um, called Antlers, um, mm. which is directed by Scott Cooper, who's a very interesting yeah. director. Um, he directed things like Crazy Heart and Out of the Furnace and Hostiles. I don't know if you saw Hostiles. One yeah, I liked, I liked Hostiles. Fucking, that was a brutal movie. Yeah, um, also, yeah, Black Mass he directed as well. So he's he done some really, I would say... Violent films. He's not a man who shies away from the violence. Um, This one is it's about in an isolated Oregon town, a middle-aged school teacher and her cerebral become embroiled um, with an enigmatic student whose dark secrets lead to a terrifying encounter with an ancestral creature. So it feels a little bit like Mama in my mind. I don't think I never seen Mama, so I'm not sure. I'll give you my spinner and you can tell me if it is like Mama. It is. it is quite generic, um, the, right. the, the full thing. So the, the basis is, um, starts out with a sweet boy um, being told to stay in the car while his dad's like kind of cleaning up the, the, the meth lab him and his pal have got in an abandoned coal mine. Right. Um, hear noises in the mine. Um, dad doesn't come back out and the wee boy's left sitting in the car and then you cut to now. Um, and there's this wee boy in school who seems to be quite kind of dishevelled, malnourished, underfed, bullied, picked on, and just a sad looking wee character. Right. Um, school teacher picks up on this. Um, school teacher is Jesse Plemons' sister, in it, and Jesse Plemons is the town sheriff. So she's okay. a teacher, he's the sheriff. Uh, this wee boy's looks to be in some kind of trouble. Um, she follows him home, quickly realises it all's not what it seems, and that um, the house looks abandoned. Um, Convinces Jesse Plemons of this and then basically investigate the house that turns out to be boy's dad and brother are kind of possessed, shall we say, by an ancestral spirit. Okay. Um, and basically kind of falls into generic horror territory from there. It's got to hunt to eat, and the more it eats, the hungry it gets, sort of more hunts kind of thing. And Is it scary? One jump scare, right. um, which was well done, but out with that, yeah, it wasn't scary. Um, what about kind of like sense for, of tone, sense of like presence, tone is that kind of sense of presence was quite good. It, yeah. it's slow, it's a slow burner, it's, slow it's burner, not okay. you know, it's not a fast movie. There is just a few moments of kind of genuine horror and gore in it. Yeah. Um, the gore's quite good when it's done, one really good jump scare, but yeah, it kind of does leave you feeling quite unsettled. Um, but it's only it an hour is, and thirty. It's only ninety minutes long, so it must. It's yeah. not. Yes. Yeah, so you say it's slow, so it's not laboured. It's not like going for like two and a half hours. No, it, no, it doesn't drag on and on and on. It's just slow burn. You know, there's a lot of kind of nothing happening in between. Right, got gotcha. something to happen. Do you know what I mean? Like kind of this new breed of horror. We've got this sort of like new idea of horror, like sort of hereditary and yeah, like yeah. the witch and you know it follows and things like that where it's like. It's not going from like kill to kill to kill. There's a sort of a, a real lag time and sort of the yeah. almost like a Stephen King book, but it builds up and builds up and builds up before it gets yeah. to sort of like yeah. The, the this, this does that. Um, it, it does reveal quite early on what you're dealing with, um, which is good. Right, okay, it always helps. Um, but yeah, it, it just ultimately felt generic. It didn't add anything to a genre that's kind of already, you know, fit to burst with everything um so it doesn't kind of bring anything new to to the horror genre um which is a pity um jesse plemons 
is always interesting to watch. Enjoyable to watch, yes. He was really good. I'm, I'm not sure who played the sister, the teacher. Kerry Russell. She, she was good as well. Yeah, she, she was very good in Russell Suzanne, yeah. Yeah, she, she wasn't bad. And the wee boy was good as well. He wasn't annoying. Much. I've heard this, yeah. He's, the he's little, little good. boy, the little, little boy was quite annoying. There's a wee boy in it and then there's like his big brother. So the big brother was good. He's like about kind of 12, 13 year old. Right. He was really, really good. Uh, the wee boy was quite annoying as well. Um, but yeah, it wasn't wasn't terrible at all. Um, for a horror film, I'd give it a solid five and a half, six out of ten, which for a horror is nothing wrong with it at all. Um, it's just probably not as fast as a lot of people are expecting. Um, and it, it's not an outright horror. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's not a it's such a new breed of horror that's came through. Yeah. It's a sort of, it's, yeah. It's, which I, honestly, I mean, it's done right, that kind of horror. I'm a big fan of it. Like, like I said, I love stuff like The Witch and yeah. like The Lighthouse and... Um, midsummer and things like that. I love that that kind of horror, yeah. you know. But yeah, when it's, it's not, just... it, it, you've got to find that balance between being slow burning, but you've got to give me enough to keep me interested. And mm. from what you're saying about antlers, maybe there's a wee bit of a lag between things that keep you really that interested. Maybe there's a now wee and bit again, of, now yeah. and again, there is. Um, just quickly before we move on to the the, the next lot of movies, um, have you watched it yet? The well, Nighthouse. No, it's. Um, I'll, I'll get to it maybe this weekend. Right. Yeah, I think you should, sir. Um, Surely a film I've got to sit there and actually pay attention to and watch, so I, I want to make sure I give it my full attention. It did, you definitely want as dark as you can make it with a TV, a decent volume, but not enough to scare the neighbours. Okay. But yeah, you, you kind of need that, and then you can tell. Because this has been, like, possibly my film of the year so far, possibly. Cool. Do you, know what I mean? so you, need to, you need to watch it and tell me. Yeah. And also on Disney+, Plus, so I will definitely get to it. I can get it for cool. free, so there's no reason why I can't watch it. Cool. So, um, not that I'm comparing the two, but yeah, an eight house is much, much better. Yeah, film. Okay. Yeah. On from that, we'll talk about some other things that are streaming right now, which first one, you haven't got Apple Plus, but I have got Apple Plus. So it's a film called Finch, um, which is directed by Miguel Sapochink, who, it's his debut feature, but he's done a lot of stuff like House on TV, Iron Fist, Fringe, Game of Thrones. He directed the Battle of the Bastards episode of Game of Thrones. Oh, that was quite a... Epic episode, yeah. yeah, so yeah, he's yeah, done a few, he's done like four or five of them on, on um, Game of Thrones. I think he done Battle of the Bastards and he did The Long Night. I don't know if that was a big one. Yeah, yeah. And he done The Gift and Hard Home. So I think from what I count, he, he does quite big episodes. Um, so yeah, yeah. So, so I think from what I count, Battle of the Bastards is, is quite impressive. It's sort of, sort of a yeah. massive TV event essentially to, yeah, to build that. Was, so, yeah. This is very different. This is sort of this film set in like apocalyptic um, Earth, where the sort of the ozone has been burned off by a solar flare, so everybody's sort of basically boiled to death. And um, so there's very few bits of humanity left. One of those bits of humanity left is a, a man who is a computer genius. He's also got a dog. He loves the dog. He also knows that he's going to die soon because he's got cancer from the UV rays that are you know streaming down. So he builds mm-hmm. a robot um, called Jeff, um, who he wants to try and basically train. Um, and instill humanity and to look after the dog when he dies. He doesn't want to leave this dog defenseless. Okay. At the um, same time, they're travelling across uh, America to get from a place that's safer as well because there's these massive storms that sort of rip through cities and uh, the, uh, the west coast is safer than the, the east coast where they are. I think there's St. Louis to begin with. Okay. So we're going to try and get across the plains and get to the, the, the west coast. Um, so there's a lot happening, man. It's... Actually, probably I'll probably explain too much of what's happening to one of that sort of yeah. That's all pretty much done in the first 10 minutes. The rest, right. Most of the journey is the, the journey across America. And it's, um, 
in, in that respect. Um, cool. In the film, Finch is played by everyone's favourite, Tom Hanks. Yay. Who we all love. Tom is, yeah, is Thomas Tom. Um, the robot Jeff is motion capture, and it's played by Caleb Landry-Jones, who I know you're a fan of. Oh, yeah, I do. I, I think he's an interesting actor. Yeah. Um, he's, he's, he's watchable. He's interesting. His accent is interesting. He's not in it. Obviously, it's all motion capture. Yeah. The robot looks nothing like him, so it's not like it's like you can see anything. It's like very much a mo- like a robot. Um, well, see, it's it's not really breaking a lot of new ground. It's got a wee bit of the road in it. It's got a little bit of the Martian in it as well. It's like a, it's a guy who's sort of like struggling, like dealing with the elements and just doing what needs to be done in order to survive. Living day to day, yeah. Essentially, yeah. yeah living day to day, he's also got a plan. He's, he's making plans to survive for as long as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but with Tom Hanks in the lead role, it's done in a very charming way because it's Tom Hanks in the lead role, but he's pretty much on screen every second. And if there's a more charming actor in Hollywood, I don't, you know, show him to me because I don't think there is. Tom Hanks is like he, he embodies the charm, and um, you want you, you root from no matter what it is, you, you feel yeah. you want him to succeed. Um, yeah. And because it does survive on Hanks' inherent likability with a different actor, I don't know if this film would would, would work even half as well because. It is Tom Hanks you're sort of your wife because you don't want something bad to happen to your dad, which is what you feel like. Yeah. Tom, you want, that's what you feel like Tom Hanks is, you yeah. know. So you want you want to be all right. His new dad, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Um, some of the CGI is a little bit ropey with the weather effects and the big storm. That's a bit ropey, but the robot Jeff is well done. He's 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 not as annoying as Chappie. Yeah, if you remember right. from Chappie, right? Yeah, I remember Chappie. Yeah, but he does have a little bit of a kind of Bora accent to begin with. Right, which does feel a little bit sort of like. You know, it's like his choice. It's choice. Yeah, it does. It as he learns, his accent sort of mellows. He sort of changes. He becomes less childlike. Yeah, that that's quite odd at the start. It it does a little bit. It does feel a little bit like, oh, this is a bit strange. Um, (laughs) but it moves at a decent, solid pace. It looks good, and there is a there is a strong emotional punch through all all of it as you see him dealing with this life, uh, or Tom Hanks. He can't deal with his life. So it's like I said, by no means breaking new ground, but it's a very enjoyable and, and decent watch. Um, is it a family film? Yeah, there's nothing particularly violent in it. It's like literally, it doesn't, it doesn't encounter anyone really in the whole thing. Mm. It is literally just him travelling the country and he's trying to teach this thing. So it's a, it's a bit of like Wally in it as well to an extent, but it's like he's just trying to, it is like the same, I would probably compare it more to The Martian than I would compare it to like sort of The Road. It is set a post-apocalyptic, so that is all there, but it is more about him sort of trying to, to, to just get across country um, and deal with the elements and, and at the same time teach this robot. There was a part of the whole subplot, I think, starring Skeet Ulrich in it at one point um, that, 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 that totally just get cut out. So obviously they've really they've decided to streamline it into this sort of more sort of emotional journey as opposed to more yeah. of a sort of like actiony journey of like sort of trying to escape something. So yeah, it, it, like there's no real big event in it. You know, there's a couple of times like when a storm hits, that's all them just sort of like trying to batten down the hatches and survive it. But it's not, there's no real sort of big like action scene, if that makes sense. You know, it's, there's nothing like yeah. that in it. No, I get um, it. Um, Skeet Ulrich, whatever happened to him, he was tipped for big success back in the, the 90s, wasn't he? Skeet yeah, after Scream, he was just, the next big thing. Ring with the Devil uh, and stuff like that, um, but never really came. He just shot and died. I don't know. It's a very good TV or. show called Jericho that me and um, our friend Chris really enjoyed about like sort of this town in America surviving after what after a, a nuclear blast. Sort of, mm. and, and we both really enjoyed that, but I don't think anyone else did. So um, it didn't last very long. <laughs> but yeah, so it was in that. But yeah. Finch, it's on, it's on Apple Plus. You've got Apple Plus, it's, it's well worth a watch. And like I said, Apple Plus does seem a bit more curated than what it brings out. Mm. Um, I would give it a very solid 7 out of 10. Oh, cool. 
Cool. Um, that pretty much just Hanks carrying carrying Hanks, movie, Hanks. In the same way that Redford carried that film, All Is Lost, that we really enjoyed. Same idea. It, it relies on this movie star persona. That is it? Is it channeling Castaway in this? No, he's he, no, he's more chatty in this. He sort of he doesn't seem quite as he doesn't seem quite as emotionally destroyed. Oddly, yeah, yeah. you know, there is there is a subtext to it, but he doesn't seem quite as you know. And and Castaway is always battling to survive, and this he has yeah. confidence of what he's doing because he's a he's an engineer. Genius, like, yeah, he, aye, he yeah. knows what he's doing, so he doesn't feel quite as like on edge. He, he knows he knows how to get by. Yeah. So okay, that's why cool. I say that is more like the Martian in many ways. But, would, but, but on quite like to see this. I think that you've told me about it. I'm quite quite yeah. intrigued now. I'll look for it, Finch. Um, Finch. So okay. On from that, there is one on Netflix, which is a film called The Harder They Fall, um, directed by James Samuel. Um, it's his debut feature, but he did do a basically a short film, was about 40 minutes long, which is basically the same kind of story. So it's a kind of proof of proof of concept. Yeah. And this is sort of expanded out into sort of a bigger film. Um, the plot of this film is it's quite there's quite a lot of plot in this film. But basically, there is a event at the start of the film where Idris Elba's character does something. The, um, is, is very bad. Um, he is then released from jail um, and another group of men want to go after him and kill him for what he did. Um, it's a Western? It's a Western, yeah. But at the same time, he's taking over a town um, so they have to try to infiltrate the town in order to do that. All right, okay. Okay. Um, so and the film, just, uh, Idris is the bad guy? Idris is the bad guy. Oh. And okay. the film, you've got Jonathan Majors, you've got Zazie Beats, Regina King, Lakeith Stanfield, Damon Wayans, Idris Elba, Manny Rubio. You've got a really good cast. It's a very solid, very, very strong cast. Um, I thought this was awesome. This is like, it's very, it's a fantastically stylish Western. You know, it's fresh. It's not reinventing things, but it's doing things really well. It's, it feels almost like someone who's watched a lot of Tarantino, which is nothing wrong with ripping off Tarantino. He ripped yeah. everyone else. There's nothing wrong with doing it, but it is. There's a, for a first-time director, there's a shit ton of confidence in this, which you very rarely see from a first-time director, you know, sort of having the, the, the gumption and the balls to pull off some of the stuff that he does, like the action scenes and the sort of just, just the fucking, there's a really cool swagger about this from the moment you first see it. You first, the opening scene's got a little bit of an echo of the opening scene to Inglorious Bastards yeah. with the um, the, the pint of milk scene. Yeah. You know, well, the, you know that one, it's got a wee bit of an yeah. echo to that. Not the same, but kind of echo to that. And then other scenes feel like it does feel very Django-esque, but it, there is an absolute swagger to it that you just go, right, this guy, you feel very confident watching what this director's doing. So I really enjoyed that. Um, no. There is a problem, the only kind of major problem I would say with it is it's a massive cast. Like it's a really, and it's a great cast as well. Yeah. But because it's such a big cast, everyone doesn't really get enough to do, you know? So you, you, can, you find yourself enjoying somebody. And then within about two minutes, you're onto someone else, and not everyone's story gets fleshed out enough. Yeah. But every moment anyone's on screen, you're like, I'm, I want to see what this guy's doing, I want to see what's happening. But then it's like, oh shit, we're going to be another. Fuck, go back to that guy. I'd like to see more about that. And it's like, no, we'll get back it, to him later. Does it tie it all up though? It does. does no, it does it, all tie yeah. together. But you're like this. Yeah. Like you could probably you could probably make a film about nine of these people and on their own rights and their own merits, yeah. and you'd watch that film because it's all based yeah. on. The actual story itself, I think, is sort of being mainly fictional. But everyone in it is real, like okay, based on okay. real people. Yeah. You know, so oh, so if you actually read the individual stories of these people, they are quite, they are totally amazing. The Zazie Beats character is absolutely badass. I like Zazie Beats. as well. Very cool. Yeah. Very yeah. cool. So and like you know, we see like a top hat and like sort of like a kind of like um, corset to be a shotgun. You're like, no, oh, I like Zazie Beats. She looks very very cool. <laughs> um, you probably could have trimmed this a couple of characters out just to give just to give more depth to some. But again, I understand why you went to have this sort of expansive cast. So I, I do get it, but I probably would have trimmed a few, maybe, maybe even just made them less. 
even don't make even don't turn him out. Don't make him as sort of as big an actor because then at that point you're kind of going shit. I want to see more. The French Dispatch had the same problem as well, actually, with the really yeah, great actors. Yeah, there was and very minor roles. Nothing to do really. Yeah, yeah so that, that felt a bit of shame. Yeah. Um, Runtime is over two hours, but it's well earned. You don't feel any point. You're you're um, you're sitting, you know, waiting for stuff to happen. Um, soundtrack is amazing. Like it really works really well. Um, I love to see it in the big screen. It feels like a big. It feels like it belongs in the big screen rather than on Netflix. It's a real shame that Netflix's sort of cinematic um, releases are so limited. You know, it's like it's in London and probably like that's about it. You know, it's not going to yeah. get out in the hinterland like we get. So that's a bit of a shame that it didn't get like sort of a fuller, more you know, expansive release. Because it's a film that it's got the big vistas. It's got the kind of John Fordine aspects to it where you would want to watch it. You know, on a big screen. So watching it at home, as great as it was, it would be nice to see it the first, at least in the first time, um, on the big screen. And just generally, I was more amazed. Like for a first time director, I was so assured and so just confident. You know, you don't really yeah. see that kind of level of confidence in a first time director, and it's like that's what's really impressive. It's the same yeah, way like, when you first watch like Edgar Wright and Shaun the Dead, you go, "That's this is a guy who knows what he's obviously he's done TV shows and stuff." So. Mm. But you get a real confidence what someone's doing, and, and it's yeah, something really impressive. This has got it. How's um, Idris Elba? Is the but I think I've seen it just doing like good guy, I've seen him doing anti hero, but I've never yeah. actually seen him doing an outright villain yet. How no, is, he's good it's, it? for, he, for the first time. It felt like he wasn't doing Idris Elba, yeah, for a long time. It felt like he was actually embodying this role, which I thought was really good. Right. Um, is, you know, he's got a real sense of because he's. Physically, I mean, Idris Elba was a massive man. He's huge. He's a big, scary guy. Yeah. yeah. Aye, so they, they they have that embodiment of this massive man who who is physically imposing in the world. Um. So yeah, they, they bring they definitely get that across. And as I seen on the train, when you get to watch it on Netflix, watch it. And I seen the train when they're sort of rest, like sort of releasing him from the train, mm. is possibly one of the coolest things you've ever seen. Him, like, like the whole cast do it is such a, a, a well pulled off like sort of um sequence of sequence of events that does it really well. So yeah. Totally worth watching. Really well done film. Shame it's not in the best screen. It deserves to be on the best screen more than some films. Um, I really enjoyed it. Very solid. Eight out of ten. Oh wow, cool for a western as well. That's um, oh, absolutely. That was like a good western as well. When they're done good, they are like refreshing to watch. I mean, good ones. When they're done bad, it is just like another fucking western. But no, if they're done done right, it is nice to see a western. So I mean, they're still. To start a place, I think definitely. Yeah, absolutely. I know people. I know the idea of the western has died, but I think we do. We've seen a few westerns in recent years when they've done yeah. well. They're excellent. You know that Mads yeah. Mikkelsen one we've done, and Salvation and things like that. They're mm-hmm. good westerns when they've done well. Was it Slow West as well? The Great Western. Slow West was the other one, and there was the other one where um, the one you were talking about, Hostiles. That was good as well. Hostiles, the great. When it's, a western's yeah. done well, it's excellent. Was yeah, it one? one Tommy Lee Val. Jones and Hilary Swank. That's when we wrote the Val. Possibly that was grim as fuck. That, that was, was a very well. fucking grim movie. <laughs> yeah, True Grit as well. The remake that well. was yeah, Free Ted Yuma. There is there's a lot of good westerns in it. Yeah, there is like yeah, there is a, a love to them. Do you know what I mean it is like a lovely when people do them? Do you know what I mean when they do it right? It is like you know, it's like a lovely. Do you know what yeah. I mean they, they just take so much care and attention and do it well. Yeah, and also like probably it's obvious when I mentioned the cast there, but it's it's a western full of. A is a Western full of African Americans, which is obviously rare to see. Mm. Um, yeah, but also there's no let's kill whitey aspect to it, which I thought was could easily have been that kind of film, you know, of like let's just you know it's not that. Mm. Which I thought was good, you know, in a way it's, it's, it doesn't feel it, does, it felt like it was a film that stood in its own merits of, you know, they're they're fighting for a purpose, you know, it's not just you know which I, it, it it could easily have been in they could have made the main bad guy. You know, random white man they want to kill. Yeah, but they never. They didn't know. 
I'm going to watch. I'm definitely going to watch this one. I'm yes, hundred percent. You definitely should. Keen interested in this one. Yeah. Yes. Um, And the last film I'm going to talk about that you've not seen is one you're going to see this week, and it's called The Card Counter, um, directed by Paul Schrader, who directed a film a couple of years ago called First Reformed with Ethan Hawke, which I think we both liked a lot. Um, He also directed The Canyons. He directed. Do you directed a prequel to The Exorcist? Which one? It was one with Skarsgård in it. It's like made in the sort of early two thousands. The one you mean, yeah. Minion, I think yeah. it's called. Yeah, um, I think it was slated, it was terrible, yes. Um, and also, you directed the can I, I, I mentioned this one because I watched the original recently, um, Cat People, the, the horror. Oh, you directed the remake he, of it. What in the 80s, the one with yeah. Nastasia Kinski, you know? yeah. Wow, yeah, okay, that's, he was, um, was more famous for being the writer of Mean Streets and of Taxi Driver and things like that. He sort of um, right. right of that. That's where he's um, sort of main famous came from. Being the, right. So he's, he's kind of more known for pen and stuff rather than. Well, I think he's been more of a director recently, but he sort of his big break was writing Taxi Driver. That was his sort of that's where he came from. And this film, quite, it's a dark film. You could probably rest your laurels after that. <laughs> yeah, taxi Driver. I'm, I'm done. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. hats off to the man for you know giving us more. Fucking hell. Yeah. And there you go. And this film is produced or executive produced at least. Pre- not even just. He's actually producing presented by Martin Scorsese, so obviously they've right. kept the friendship up. So, um, yeah, very interesting. It's a good name to have behind you as well, isn't it? It's a, I, I mean, think some... it's a bit like Tarantino. Even Tarantino was like okay, in, like sort of presenting films. I don't yeah. think many of the films lived up to much of the hype, but I think Scorsese is much the same. A lot of Scorsese stuff that he sort of like gives he's okay to, he's not, it doesn't always hit that great. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah, anyway, on to this card counter is. It's about a guy who has came back from Afghanistan. He's suffering from a PTSD. Um, he is basically a card counter. He, he'd go around about casinos gambling, playing poker, playing blackjack, and essentially cheating the house. But he's not cheating because nothing, there's nothing illegal about card counting. But yeah. casinos do not like it. At the same time, he meets a young man who wants to kill someone because of what he's did um, to him and his family. Um, and he see, and the, the card counter sees a chance to sort of redeem himself for his actions in Afghanistan by sort of leading this young boy down a better path as opposed right, to the, okay. the darker path yeah. he's going down. Um, in the film, you've got Oscar Isaac playing the card counter. Tiffany Haddish, she plays sort of like a benefactor who sort of like bankrolls um, him. And you've got Ty Sheridan, he plays a young boy who's sort of like on the path to destruction. Um, Ty Sheridan's a fella that directed um, Sicario and stuff. Or no, what? that's different. Sheridan. Ty Sheridan's the one from Ready Player One, the young kid. Ah, right. Okay, who am I thinking of? Yeah, I think of a Sheridan. I remember his name now. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, I know what I'm talking about. Um, yeah. Also, Willem Dafoe pops up in it as well, and oh. it's always nice to see Willem. Always. Willem, Willem makes everything better, doesn't he? He's yes, he like, does. Um, um, it's like the cream cheese that actors put it on and it makes it better. If you can have Willem Dafoe in your, if you have Willem Dafoe in your movie, you have Willem Dafoe in your film. That's, that's yeah. it should be a rule in Hollywood. Anyway, this is very much like sort of Schrader's continuing autopsy on sort of the male psyche. You know, he's sort of, he's definitely not, um, it's not a film for the faint of heart in that respect. It's sort of, it's getting into sort of dark areas. The idea of retribution, the idea of vengeance, the, the idea of like forgiveness as well. Um, so it's not, it's not pulling any punches with that. And, and because of that, it, it does get very dark aided very quickly. And, and it, it's not an overtly violent film, but there's some violent imagery in it that sort of will sort of linger. Um, mm. There's a very, very strong set of performance. Oscar Isaac, obviously, is a fantastic actor. Um, and this is kind of role, as a lead in this film, yeah, there's a lot for him to get his teeth into, you know, a lot for him to sort of really mull over. And kind of a different Isaac, you know, it's, it's more akin to sort of the Isaac you see in. Uh, 
is it most violent year? The one was yeah. just, yeah, it's more like sort of that. It's definitely not June and it's definitely not, you know, Star Wars, Isaac. But then yeah. he's, he's shown an actor, he's an actor with multitudes, you know, he can do a lot of stuff, you know. I was just about to say that, like when you look at what he's been doing recently, like stuff like Star Wars, do you know what I mean? And then you flip it over to like uh, Machina XDS or, um, you know, the, the, the most violent year. It's like completely, like, I mean, polar opposite roles. Do you know what I mean? So voice man, in, in Adam's family as well. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's got some range about him. Yeah. He's definitely becoming one of this generation's finest actors. Yeah, he's, def- yeah. he's an actor. He can he can fill a role. He, he can yeah. he can he knows what the role demands and he brings that to you. He just, he's not, yeah. he, can't, he almost can't typecast him because he's, if you watch Star Wars, like I wasn't a huge fan of the last three Star Wars films, but he is all charm in those films. Absolutely, yeah. He kind of fills the, the hand soul. So, yeah. Do you know what I mean? He's, he's kind of got that charisma and likability and roguishness, yeah. but then like a most violent year, it's like, you know, it's, it's a very kind of actor-driven performance. Yeah. Or, inside pure... Lo- or inside Llewellyn Davis with the Combras, he's sort of, um, you know, again, a very different role as well. So yeah, he's definitely he's a fantastic actor. And this film is sort of, for an actor who likes a good script with good words, this is ideal for me. You can chew over me, you can sort of mull the scene and that thing. With that, unfortunately, I think the support cast don't have quite as much to do. It's very much Oscar Isaac's film. Um, the actors sort of like they have they have a bit of a part to play, but certainly not as much of an arc with them as it is with with him. Yeah. Which is a fair point. You know, Taxi Driver probably say the same thing. You know, De Niro's the main guy in that. You know, Sybil Shepherd's and Jodie Foster's role in that is supporting of of yeah, De Niro. Yeah. You know, it's the same idea. Yeah. Um very slow-paced direction, but then there's flashbacks that are quite jarring because there's a real sense of urgency and sort of they're shot very differently from um, the rest of the film. So it does, it does have a real kind of, like, I imagine it, it just sort of feels off, which is kind of what they're meant to do because they're doing yeah. a different subject time. Um, definitely not a fun watch. Um, definitely not one I'm probably ever going to go back to again, to be honest. Um, much like First Reformed, like it's what I thought it was a fantastic movie, but I'm not going to go back to it again because I just felt it was too bleak to watch. This is yeah. also in that very, very bleak mindset well, as well. Yeah. But it's very worthwhile, very engaging throughout. Um, and yeah, definitely worth a watch. It's definitely, a, 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 it sounds wanky to say, it's a cinema or a film lover's film. Yeah. No, I get what you mean. I get what it's you mean. not a film you can maybe you're, you're going to take somebody who's sort of a passive movie watcher and just sort of wants to watch something randomly. You know, you maybe take them to see you know, the harder they fall. This seems like yeah. someone who's someone who appreciates film and what film can be. Maybe would enjoy enjoy this more than just your average film goer. Cool, cool. Um, sounds uh, sounds intriguing. Um, so, d- does it feel grim all the way through, or is it? It, it does feel grim. It feel it doesn't feel. It, I have a feel sense of. I had I, when I watched, it, I had a real sense through to, of of a lack of hope. Like I didn't see how that right. like, every character yeah. seems very damaged in it. And There's by no design, happy endings, yeah. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't ever see a chance of being a happy ending in this film. And ultimately, spoiler warning: there's just really no happy ending in it, to be honest. But, but sometimes films need that. I mean, not every film needs yeah. a wee boat end. Do you know what I mean? To no, see all wrapped up, it, absolutely not, it, absolutely not. Yeah. But you have a sense of an ev- a bit of an inevitability about it, that something, nothing, end, nothing can end up good in this yeah. film, and and that's yeah. the kind of feel I got from it. And that's you're on a journey to see how where this how this plays out. Um, but yeah, there's a real sense throughout the film of just a darkness that is not going to be lifted, and they're only, and there's really there's not a lot of hope for the characters in it. Um, but that's again by design. You're not supposed to really root for anyone once you know once you find out facts with certain people. You're not supposed to like anyone in this film. I don't think. You know, so 
it, it does what it's, it does what it set out to do. It, it's a very I'm surprised it came out in November because it feels like it's going to be forgotten by Oscar time because not that the film, I think the film itself is an Oscar, but I can imagine Oscar Isaac having a bit of buzz about him for mm. Oscars. So to bring it out in November seems it might be forgotten before. Right, that's what I was actually going to ask you that. Like, is this going to be the first Oscar nod? It, it definitely could be. I don't know what else is still to come out. I've not seen, I'm not really, nothing's really stood out for me this year, actually, Oscar wise. Yeah. It really stood out for you in major. Yeah, not, not yet. Actually, nothing's really. But then I guess we've seen half as much as we usually would, and they're yeah. kind of thrown out these big blockbusters that are never Aye. Oscar bait anyway. So yeah, yeah. yeah so I'm, I've been trying to know what does you know get started, again, but I'm sure there's still quite normally, as we all know, December, January, sort of when the Oscar films actually hit British screens. So we'll yeah. maybe see this more stuff then. But this, yeah. if he was, it was nominated for this. I wouldn't say it was a bad nomination. He's, he's very good yeah. in it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's um, it feels like the the singer out sings the song a little bit. In yeah. terms of his performance, is definitely the best thing about it. But it's, 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 it's a it's a it's a it's a worthwhile watch for a, for a cinephile. Does it feel Scorsese at all? Yes, there's definitely there's, you, can, you can definitely feel there's a there's an influence here. Yeah, but in the same way, there's an influence of Scorsese back in the seventies and eighties. It doesn't feel there's a moment when it feels genuinely like something like from that era. Yeah, you know, as opposed to something modern. You know, it's, it's set modern times. It's not a period piece in any way. So, um, but yeah, it, definitely go and see it. It's definitely worth we watch. Cool, out of ten? Sorry. Seven. Seven out of ten? Yeah. Cool. I'm going to go and see it tomorrow, so I'll, I'll let you know what I think next time. Okay. And yeah, on from now, finally, you get, chance, you get a chance to talk finally. It is the 25th film in the MCU, because um, we're not counting Venom, or Venom 2 yet, but we might have to at some point. Mm. Um, so Etern- the film is called Eternals, directed by Chloe Zhao, who directed Nomadland and won an Oscar for it in between making this film, apparently. she done this like while they're doing the post-production on this. So well, very, very okay, impressive. Pretty impressive, yeah. Yeah, very yeah. Spielbergian in that respect. Um, also, she's done a film called The Rider, which is also very good. Um, the plot of this film, I'll try and sum it up very briefly, because there is a lot of plot in this film. But essentially, yeah. there is a group of, of, sort of celestial beings called the Eternals who are sent to Earth in order to protect it from a group of monsters called the Deviants. Yep. Um, they're living on Earth for the last 5,000 years. They think they've killed all the Deviants, but modern time now, the Deviants start to rise back up and they've got to try and stop them from rising up and they're doing it for a purpose. Yeah. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah, you got it, man. That's right, like yeah. Quite, there's, quite there's, there's a lot more to it than that, but that's sort of the basic premise. Yeah, that, that that's the basis behind it. Yeah, yeah, yes. pretty much. So in the film, you have got a cast of... Large repute. You've got Gemma Chan, Angela Jolie, Richard Madden, Barry Keogh, Kit Harrington, Salma Hayek, Brian Tyree Henry, and Camille uh, Nanjiani. So, yeah. a fairly sizable cast. Um, start with you because I've talked way too much already. What did you think of this one? Um, I, I still don't entirely know. Um, I, I liked it, but I don't know if I was expecting a different film possibly mm. going into this. It, it, yeah. It's Definitely the most breakaway thing they've done in the MCU. Yeah, I think. Um it it, it doesn't even adhere to the standards for second and third act, I would even go as far as to say. Um, but even the opening with the fact that the text at the start of it felt very jarring to you the prologue yeah. was just sort of text. Ah, yeah, I was like, that was very odd to me. This, I, even that was that was weird. But um yeah, no I think I was, either. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Hmm. But I was going expecting, you know, something on the scale of Shang-Chi, Infinity War, kind of just, you know, kind of go, 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 non-stop action and stuff like that. It's not. Yeah. 
No, it's definitely um, not. Very few action scenes on it. Very, very talky. Very um, talky. Problem I had with it, I think, was too much ensemble, too big a cast, and not enough time for the characters to breathe. Um, the MCU is taking 24 movies or 20, what's it, 21 movies to get to the end game. And by the end of it, you knew straight off the bat everyone perfectly. Yes. That's for you know, that's Captain America, that's but you know, surely everybody, you knew them all. Yeah, with this, it's like you're giving me 10 characters with plus all very odd names that you don't like. I, I can remember you, Ajax was one I remembered, I remembered Thena, the name, and I remembered Gilgamesh. Gil, I don't even remember Gilgamesh. You go. But I couldn't. Um, I couldn't tell you Gemma Chan's character's name. Yeah. Well, exactly. Um, I think it's um, oh, it's the same as a um, Game of Thrones character. Cersei. 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 Yeah. Cersei. Oh, sorry. Yes. I but yeah, it's all very kind of Greek names. But you've got ten of them, and I mean, it's only runs for two and a half hours, which yeah. is a long runtime. But when you're trying to give ten characters plus. You've got Kit Harrington in there as well, and a few other characters as well. Do you know what I mean? So it's not just those ten characters. You're opening it up even more. Mm. Um, I just like you're saying, yeah, I found it hard to kind of piece who are these people. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, make me care. Um, oddly enough, the one I cared most about and the, the, the most interesting actor I found in it was um, the Irish boy, which is named Brian Barry Keel. Barry Keel. He, for me, was the one that I wanted to see more of. All yes. the way through, I was. I, I want to see more of him. His his acting was on point. His character was on point, and there was Brian just Ty- not Brian time. Tyree Henry as well. Actually, found I thought I wanted to find more about him. Who did he, he was a uh, he was a, the the craftsman, the one who made all the stuff, the one who made all this. Ah, right, yeah, yeah. Because he's yeah, he, he's quite a unique story in the terms of like how he's engaging with Earth. Yeah, to, I totally. That's so, the so that thing. Was quite it's interesting. Like, so they've been here for five hundred years, and then it just jumps to here they are, and you're like, yeah. And, I need more. Do you know what I mean? Because they're essentially, they're sort of like, if you imagine the start of Planet, not Planet Apes, um, 2001 A Space Odyssey, when all the monkeys are banging on the ground and they touch the big giant black obelisk and they start figuring out how to do like fire and tools. They're essentially that. They're they're sort of guiding humanity throughout. They're sort of giving them stuff, they're giving them stuff like the plow they give them and they give them to show them how to use irrigation and stuff like that. We've made the engine, but we're thousands of years to early, right? Okay, here's a plow instead of the engine. So yeah, it's definitely, you know, it's them that's kind of shaped us to to what we are and ultimately I guess that causes everything that it leads up to. But yeah, I just think I'd have liked the characters to breathe a bit more and get to know them a bit more. And already by the end of the film, They've kind of decimated them as well. So when they turn up again, there's less of them. But it's like, but I want to know more about the ones that yeah. there's now less of. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like you just, you. It, it was beautifully shot. Um, yeah, I mean, it looked it looked amazing. Special mm. effects as always were good. The action scenes sparse, but but good. And the story overall was quite coherent. Um, I think on paper it's a complex story, but you know when you watch it, it. it it, it know, breaks it down well. Kind of yeah, it's, I was yeah, never lost the, watching the film. I was, never, yeah, I was but, lost with names. But I was never lost with the plot. Yeah, yeah, but just yeah, that that's it. That's the problem. Is the names? Do you know what I mean there's like all these cool characters and do you know what I mean? Like, well, you know, let let me know a bit about them. Um, yeah, almost it almost seems as well. Like I don't know if if this was Ditko's intention because it was Steve Ditko had done these, wasn't it? Not yes. Ditko King. Yeah, sorry, Kirby had done them. 
Um, Aye, yeah, sorry, Jack Kirby. Yeah. Back, he done these. Yeah. It almost feels like this is Marvel's take on Justice League. As oh, well. dude, this is this is this is Do one of my mean? this is one of my biggest not issue with the film. This is one of the things that I felt was most jarring about it. This felt like a DC EU movie. Yeah, yeah. Not so much a Marvel film. Now that's not a bad thing. He's put Chloe Zhao is a phenomenal director. She's putting and she's doing amazing things. But it, it felt a little bit disconnected from the world. Like even something like. For example, Guardians of the Galaxy. There's no character in Guardians of the Galaxy that sort of interacts with any other character in the, the MCU and you at the time. But it still felt very much like in the same universe, in the same. Yeah, I this don't does know seem style of music because this has got a completely different style and tone from everything else yeah. as well, which again separates it even more. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. I found interesting. Um, oddly, they actually reference the DC universe in this. Yeah, which Twice. I don't know how I don't know how I feel about those kind of jokes as well. They they just I don't know, they didn't quite they, they made me smirk but not laugh. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? It was, I'm kinda of like no. This is a film that felt like it didn't have any jokes in it to begin with. And it felt they've had to try and like sort of lighten it by putting jokes into it. Yeah, maybe to try yeah. and bring it to try and probably not quite high in the first cut anyway, the rest of it again maybe went, No, we need to make this a bit more marvelous and have a little bit more tongue in cheek. Yeah. Got a wee bit more wink to the camera. Also, as well, um, I, I'm not prudish at all um, in the slightest, but this is the first like, kind of one of the MCU that, that's had a sex in it, which was yes, which, it was weird. It, it was weird, you, yeah. You don't go watching MCU and expecting to see a sex scene, do you know what I mean? You just don't. And when it comes, you're like, oh. Oh, they're doing it right. Okay, yeah. it was just really, really odd. It did feel very odd. It did feel kind okay, of bit like unexpected. Um, yeah, one of the that scene that suffered a little bit from what I thought a lot of the films suffered from was it was very darkly shot. Yeah, to the point where I really had trouble kind of at times making out what was going on. Particularly the, the scene of the forest um, action scene. Mm. When they go to Barry Keogh's village and they're sort of yeah. doing stuff there, and then it's like the the the, the deviants come. Mm-hmm. I had real problems, sort of really, sort of. It always felt like shadow, and I don't think it was. A, I don't think it was. A, it was supposed to be. I think it was just sort of like they were shooting at like you know a certain time of day and stuff like that, so they didn't want to use any like unnatural light. But I yeah. had felt like it was a real. In the same way, when I watched June and the first shot of the sandworm was in total almost like shadow, almost it felt like. This felt like that. I'm going like this seems a really odd choice to have a, an action scene where I can kind of barely make out what's. I could you can make out what's going on. That's that's wrong. But I couldn't really make out the full details of what was going on. That felt yeah. a bit of a waste. Um, Which in a Marvel film, you're not used to that. You're used yes. to everything, you know, being illuminated to the mm. point of you know fucking glaringly obvious. Um, so that yeah, it's, it's definitely a, a tonal departure from yeah. anything else we've had in the MCU. Also, very um, odd. I thought was. Right, I gave I listed the cast a minute ago. There is one movie star in that entire cast, one true movie star, Angelina Jolie, and she's sidelined. She she doesn't do a lot this year which... for having Angelina. Like she is sidelined for most of the film, and they want to focus on yeah. Richard Madden. And I'm like, I want to give Richard Mad Richards a good you know bit of love, and I want to apparently a Scottish Richard. Yeah. But, he is not Angelina Jolie movie star level. No, it it doesn't. It it, it does seem to have limited range um, yeah. in terms of expression he's got three or four that he plays on and, and that's it and th- this is probably going to offend a whole nation but um, unless you're Sean Connery the Scottish accent doesn't really convey earnest 
the way it's no. trying to, Jeff, no. you know what I mean? It's like when he's doing his wee love scenes with her and stuff like that. And it it never, like maybe it's just because it also like he's taking the piss, essentially. A yeah, bit, it, it does. <laughs> ah, you're just waiting for say, aye, all right, told you aye. so. Do you know what I mean? You're just waiting for some, some backhand line to, to come in. And maybe it is just because we're used to talking to so many bampots and that level yes. personally. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, you're just kind of always waiting for, you know, like, aye, you're more. I'm always waiting for it. It didn't happen. But um, yeah, I, I just wish I, I kind of got to know the characters a bit more because yeah. they, they were all really interesting. I mean, it was like, you know what I mean? Like you, you had your speed star, you one that can fly and shoot beams like Superman, do you know what I mean? One that can transform matter. And you had, they kind of all had their own kind of niche and all that. And it was just, you know, they were all kind of, a five ten minute, you know, fucking flashback story they got, and that was really it. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It, it, it's just not enough time. Let's say, um, Druig, the, the Irish boy, his character, I, I so thought he was the best thing in the whole film, mm. and he just had so little to do. Do you know what I mean? Well, that's a problem. Everyone, it's like I found the um, the the, the Tinkerbell, um, which she, she's got a name as well, I can't remember, it's not oh, Sprite, was it Sprite? Right. She's obviously an interesting one there, and I've sort of, and it didn't really yeah. get her enough. I Same never, never um, explored that. The character as well, who had an amazing Wall of Worlds t shirt on, which I really do yeah. want. Um, she they, they could have done so much more with her and the relationship she had with the uh, Barry Keogh character. But yeah. again, just because there's so many characters on screen, there's not enough I, time to do that. I, I just kind of threw stuff like that at you, like, all oh, right, they're in a relationship with no previous context. So yeah. Like, okay, right, they've touched each other, that, that, that's it. Yeah. What I also didn't get was um, probably just being pernickety now and daft. Um, I guess when you invest in the universe so much, you get like that, I suppose. Yeah. But um, it, it's like the, early on in the film, that you know, uh, some bystander posed the question, where were you guys when Thanos attacked? And like, oh, Kit, you know, but that we, bystander was Kit Harrington, so yeah, yeah, Kit, Kit Harrington, who's terrible. He, <laughs> he's not a good actor. He's not watchable at all. No, he's not. Um, even in that, he was, every time he was on screen, I was like, oh, mate, you're yeah. horrible. But he asked earlier on, where were you during Thanos? And he was like, oh, you know, we, we, we can't, you know, we're bound to buy by our fucking career Creed, whatever that we yeah. can't interfere, you know, unless there's deviants. And then the third act of the movie, they just think, oh no, fuck it, we're not, we're not doing this anymore. We're just going to fucking, you know, totally. I'm like, well, hold on a minute. You know I mean? also did like wonder, like, how much use would there been against Thanos, really? They might I don't know any use at all. Do you know what I mean? Shang Chi not popping up, it's like, yeah, big fucking deal. But it, it's just stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? Like, you're so, like, you know, up there and you're, you're kind of pedestal, and then all of a sudden it, it doesn't matter. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. let's just throw it around. Um, the, the, the twist was quite good. I didn't, I didn't see that. Coming as to who the bad guy actually was, um, I yeah, I did. Did you see? I I, I didn't. Um, although I, mainly I don't because think, the I'll tell you off camera why I thought it. Um, right. and, and I don't think he's disposed of yet either. No, you, you never see a body, so yeah, no, he's, he's 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 not good. Um, I managed to watch. The, the first end credit spoiler, not the okay. second one, because I had to dash off and catch the next movie, which I was 10 minutes early for, and I could have made it anyway. What? So, uh, yeah, I know. So, I've seen. I've read what the second one is. We won't is, spoil what it is, but I'll, yeah, I'll yeah, but, but it, it seems like it was pretty... It's, it's not really given anything other than what's no. been announced anyway. Do you know what I mean? It's yes. like, okay, right. And it's possibly two characters, which I'll discuss with you off yes. screen as well, off camera. Yes. Um, in a moment or two, so there's two characters there. And um, the the the, sec, the the first one, um, I, I'm I'm just going to say Harry Styles. That, that's all I'm going to say. He's, he's yeah. do you know he's got a five movie deal? 
I knew that. Yeah, I knew this. Yeah, yeah. so he's, he's going to reappear. Um, so so that'll be interesting to see. It's Pat Oswald playing. It's Pat Oswald in it as well. Play, so yeah, he's reaping. But I had to look up to see who Harry Styles' character was. And I knew. The, I roughly knew the character, but I don't. Like I said I, I've talked discussed with you before. My interest in Marvel cosmic storylines was very limited. Beyond Galactus, oh, yeah. who I kind of loved, but I yeah. can only love the Galactus when he came to Earth. I wasn't really that big a fan of. Things like the Guardians and like Nova Prime and yeah, you know Adam kind of Warlock. And I, I just I yeah. never really bought into all that. And then humans suddenly really bought into it. So um, I have very limited knowledge of who who he's playing, but I, I do know the character and it, it, yeah. it, it has interest. I'm sure yeah, they can do something with it. It'll be interesting. Also, as well, I think um, after what they've done with the the Sentinel, not the Sentinel thing, the fucking giant thing, yeah, big giant thing, the Celestial, um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's about time that they, they brought Galactus into Fantastic Four, isn't it? They can do it. They've shown us. I'm watching that and I'm thinking all the way. I'm thinking Galactus, Fantastic Four. Come on. Yeah, here it comes. Yeah. And I think, I think they are the set up. I'm sure, but there should be one shot at the end of maybe one of these films very soon where you might see a silver surfboard just sort of like the, the tip of a surfboard coming into, into shot, possibly. Yeah, possibly. That, that, dude, that'd make me so happy. So it's yeah. like probably, probably. But o- overall, sorry. Um, it's, enjoy- right. it's an enjoyable film. It, it's It's got a lot it, it going is- for it. There's. Yeah, it is jarring though because it is very different from what yeah. you can expect from Marvel. So, I think yeah. people maybe that's what maybe sort of thrown a lot of people. Um, it is a lot less fun than a lot of Marvel films. It's definitely not yeah. the same fun element to it. But in a way, I think for a for a, a franchise to survive, you know, for twenty five films and beyond that, you need to have different layers. You need to have different you know tones, and I think you have to do because you can't just keep making the same film. I will say this film, this film does not end with a giant thing in the sky falling out of the sky, which is definitely a unique thing for a Marvel movie. Yeah. So for that reason, you know you have to find different things to do. Otherwise, as much as we love them, the audience will get bored. Yeah, totally. Because we've seen, to say that this is the one that notes one I've had that hasn't had that for that the way we're used to with Marvel. Do you yeah. Know what I mean? Still, it had a third act, but it wasn't your typical third act. It was a very yeah. subdued affair. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, was, very much so. Yeah, compared to yeah, and the whole film was, was quite subdued for most of it. Like yeah. it was a very, it was a very talkative talking. film. Yeah. And maybe that's how yeah. you have to bring in as many people as possible. Um, the fact they have now trimmed down the Eternals to quite a, a set of a core few. Yeah. Obviously, that maybe a bit easier when going forward. You can maybe start to get to know these people a little bit better, and you can maybe start yeah. to build on who these characters are. Um, which, which would be nice. Out of 10, what are you giving it? Um, eight out of 10. Ooh, I'm giving it six and a half. Six and a half. Oh, yeah. no, I, I, I'll give it eight because I think even bad Marvels, like for me, still. It's like pizza. Than... Bad pizza, still good pizza. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. Yeah, it exactly. Is. That, exactly. So, yeah, so round it off to seven out of 10. Give it a seven, yeah. Overall, seven. Which, seems... again, is, is not what you would call a bad score. In, Definitely in not. Case. If you think it's, it's like Marvel, the bar set's so high for their best that anything that falls slightly below that is sort of this feel like. You're so hyped for it that it feels a little bit underwhelming, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I've heard people um, really rip this film apart. I don't think it deserves to be ripped I apart know, by any stretch. Yeah, no. Um, I, I think I'm anticipating and quite looking forward to a second viewing, but I don't know if it's one of those ones where, you know, like quite a lot, you'll second time round, you'll kind of you really oh, never from know it. to start. Yeah. But I think with this one, I think you got it all first time round, maybe. Mm, possibly. Proved prove to be seen if I'm right or wrong, maybe. But I'm, I'm looking forward to a second viewing just to Definitely. kind of see yeah. how it washes me over a second time. Because I think that's like good. I've not, watched, I've not watched Shang-Chi a second time. I really enjoyed that from something to see how, yeah. how it holds up second time around. Very well, sir. That's us for this week. Next week, we've got a very busy slate next week, Colin, so you have to get some watching done early. Okay. We, we have, well, you're not really going to see this, so um, at the cinema we have Spencer, the yeah. um, Custon Stewart playing Princess Diana, 
not a biopic, but it's sort of like a, a short period in the life of Diana, sort of like yeah. delving into that in very deep detail. You're not going to go and also, watch it. Also not to be confused with the, the 80s series starring Robert Urich as Spencer for Hire, the gritty PI. That no, that is, that is Marky Mark in the movies now, is it not? Well, it, it was Robert Urich long before it was Marky Mark, my friend. Long, you, long Mark, to me, it's always Marky Mark. It's always been Marky <laughs> Mark. Um, so that's out this week. We also out as well, we have Clint Eastwood's newest film, directing and acting in, called Crime Macho. You've actually not seen a lot about, to be honest. I'm not really sure what it is, yeah. but it looks from what I've seen the very brief retired cowboy struggling with modern day life. Life, yeah. yeah. He looks yeah. Clint looks grumpy, and you know, and he seems oh. to always be grumpy. So, yeah. um, well, how old is he now? Clint is with his what? He must he? be well in his 80s now, surely. Yeah, yeah, it's um, very fucking impressive that a man that age is directing himself. And movies still. Well, I think but, as I well. Mean, him, like Ridley Scott. Ridley Scott's like nearly ninety, and he's directing two films this year. Making films. I mean, yeah. when I'm that age, I'm sure I won't know what end I'm pissing from. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. But, um, fucking nuts that these people are like, not only making films but making good films. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, wow. Apparently, Scott has got like at this point in time, he's directed. He's had one out. He's finishing one. Like one is coming out, and he's got two in pre-production. So he's already like sort of moving on to the next two. It's and it's not like he's that's... doing small films. These next two films that apparently he's doing one about Napoleon. So like not exactly a small story, and also apparently Gladiator Two, which one one I'm assuming know what to do. Yeah, it's like he's doing massive epics. Yeah, you know totally. what, what you do this year he did. What was the first one he done this year? Oh, the Jewel, which is like a massive yeah. epic. And then yeah. he's doing Gucci, which again looks like you know, like Dallas on steroids. So yeah, it's like it, it's totally. it's nuts. I mean, that, tones this man... as well and stuff. Like, I mean, I would say, but yeah. Clint's films seem to have very similar tones. You know, he's, yeah, there's, there's yeah, you can, there's a formula that Clint goes through that works for him. But, um, but I would say is yeah. apparently Clint and Ridley Scott always come in under budget. Yeah, I did not know that. Because um, they, don't, they don't shoot a not, lot. They shoot two or three Not surprised, man. Yeah. Fucking nail that shit. Yeah. But these fuckers probably do more before breakfast when we do in a whole year. Do you know what oh, I mean? Probably. Yeah. Scary, scary stuff, man. Scary stuff. So that's out this week. On Thursday out, we have the third film, or third film in the, the timeline, but fourth film overall of the Ghostbusters called Ghostbusters Afterlife, which is sort of like the new entry in the Ghostbusters franchise, which um Ghostbusters for the, the Stranger Things generation. generation. Is, I'm intrigued to know what this is. It feels like it's totally yeah. very different from Ghostbusters. Yeah, definitely. It, definitely. I, I feel like, I don't know how I'm going to feel about it, because it feels like Ghostbusters was never meant to be a franchise. It was basically like a Saturday Night Live sketch that sort of like got out of hand. Yeah, wasn't it really? Like, even like, getting yeah. Ghostbusters two was quite eye opening, um, uh-huh. and that wasn't great. Do you know what I mean? Um, so it's yeah, it's interesting. Plus, it seems to be that they're clutching at everything nostalgic. That, that, that you know, like yeah. fucking mini marshmallow men, slimers in there. Act one, it just seems like you know that they're just going to throw nostalgia. Is even the director, it's Reitman's son directing son it, to yeah. make us like it. And I hope, I hope I like it because it's a good Ghostbusters but, film and not because oh, I remember that, I remember that. Yeah. I, mean, I want to come away liking it for the right reasons. And There's also reasons I don't really like this film because it feels like it's giving the twats and the arseholes who were shitty towards the um Paul Fague one because it was four women. Mm. You know, that they're now getting what they want, which is a, an all boy Ghostbusters yeah. doing. And it feels like you're kind of rewarding them by giving them that. And I feel like that yeah. annoys me a little bit. Because I, I mean, you can dislike that other film if you'd want to. I actually really enjoyed the Ghostbusters. I'm, I'm, dude, I'm the same. But whenever I mention to people, honestly, like the, the, the actual genuine hate I get, I, I, I don't understand it. I, I'm yeah. genuinely miffed at, you know, what, why is it? Why does it? It's a funny, it's, it's a funny film. film. 
it's well done. Really, really funny. It sticks to the laws of the original. So, I mean, yep. it's no way disrespectful. It's got nope. nothing but respect for them. Four really distinctly interesting characters in it. I thought totally. as well. Totally. Watchable people just fucking hate it. That's what, that's, that's what I think. I feel like giving people this is a bit like people who got the Snyder Justice League cut. Mm-hmm. It's giving our souls what they want, therefore they feel empowered to get what they want all the time and will continue to cause shit all the time. Is like, society really that misogynistic? I, I hope not. It's I hope not. Horrible. Dude. It scares me if it is. I mean, I'm like, fucking hell. If, if that's you know part of the reason behind us. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of worried that it is going to be a nostalgia trip and not a good film. Yeah. But we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I could, I could um, so that's out. Also out, um, that's the cinema stuff out next week. On Netflix, we have one starring um, Ryan Reynolds, Dwayne Johnson and Gal Gadot called Red Notice, which looks yeah. kind of a heist movie, chase yeah. movie with three of the most handsome people on the planet. I'm sure it'll be very yeah. stylish. Um, I'm intrigued, if not very, very quippy, I believe. Yes. You're going to get lots of quips on there as well. Well, quips. I'm intrigued to know what kind of, what, I'm always intrigued to know what Dwayne Johnson we get because I feel when Dwayne Johnson plays it straight, he's not that interesting. Yeah. You need a yeah. little bit of quippiness from him. Um, yeah. Also on Netflix, which I think I'm going to, I've watched it already and I'm really going to push you to watch it as well. It's a film called Passing. Okay. And it's um, starring um, our favourite Ruth Negga and Tessa Thompson, directed by Rebecca Hall. Shit, I would see that so fucking much. Yes, yeah, yeah where so, they meet up after it's been years and she's passing herself off as two, a middle-class white woman. You can definitely yeah. two women, both whom could pass as white, but one is sort of embraced as hiding, as a, not hiding, but she's passing as a white woman. She's mixed race, she's passing as a white woman in sort of like 1950s society. Mm-hmm. Like another woman who's passing, who's basically continuing to live as a black woman in 1950s yeah. society, but she can also pass as white when she goes into town and stuff like that. She doesn't get the same shit that she would do if she was black, but she's trying to deal with the, the life that having a black husband and black children would has in that world. Whereas yeah. Ruth Negus' character is a woman passing as white and her husband doesn't know she was ever, has any sort of mixed race about her. And she lives in fear of her husband finding out this secret mm-hmm. Essentially, because yeah. it's and it's still meeting up and sort of like the kind of the jealousy that one has for like how one would be able to like sort of like get more out of life because of you know passing as um, yeah. is, is white um, and 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 sort of the freedom that that, that has. So I watched it. It's a very interesting, very well. It's a fucking stunningly shot film. Like I can't explain this so much how how good it looks. I've, no, um, I want to see. I seen Rebecca Hall had directed and obviously yeah. in the back of night how some like big on Rebecca Hall just yeah. now somewhere. What is she doing? So. I'm fucking all in for this one. Okay. But it's on it. Net- it's actually on Netflix now, so it's only about an hour and right. forty minutes long. Definitely, I'm, I'm insisting you watch this film. Right. Well, I'm going to insist you watch the Night House for next. I will get the Night House watch for next week. Yes. Right. It's okay. a deal, sir. It's a deal. We just touch uh, pinkies on screens there. Yeah. Um, so tell me where to find us. <laughs> uh, all the usual places. Number three beers in the movie. We're on Gmail, Instagram. Um, we're on Twitter. All the usual social media haunts, apart from TikTok, which. We're not cool enough for, apparently. Mm. Um, so look us up, give us some thumbs up, some likes, some comments. Um, what do you think of your film choices? Have you seen them? Let us know what you thought. I've been Colin. You've been Richard. We've been Chris.